How's it going? Silence. Silence. That's because you guys are on mute. It's going pretty well, thanks. <laughs> Good. Great. Uh, so, last year, February, cold Tuesday night, I had arrived at, which is what is now our house, but Andrew's house at the time, because we are about to go out to dinner with some friends for the first time. So I got here and we're getting ready to go and I realized I needed to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and I pooped. And that's already kind of like weird because I had <laughs> to poop at other people's houses that you don't belong to. Some people are even kind of nervous to maybe poop in public. That was not me on that night. I had to go. So I pooped and I was ready for dinner. And I went to flush the toilet. And as I flushed the toilet, normally when you see the paper go down into a hole, it started coming up. And the water was slowly rising. And I could see my poop cresting <laughs> at the brim. And I was in the bathroom and I yelled, Andrew, help! So I'm sitting at the kitchen table. And um, I'm kind of watching the time like, man, she's been in there for a little while. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I hear this scream, help. And I'm like, there must be an emergency. Like, I mean, kind of there was, but I was thinking like she fell or something. So <laughs> I don't know what could be happening in there. But I ran to the bathroom and like opened the door. And Sarah like actually was on the floor just like, embarrassed just like feeling so embarrassed that she did this and she was like I just clogged the toilet and I was like I was kind of like oh not a big deal <laughs> um I was like okay well let me come in and I can like help you know plunge it or do whatever we can we can solve this issue and she she started closing the door on me she's like no you can't come in you can't come in and I was like okay well do you want my help or do you like want to just do it by yourself and he's like well I want your help and I was like okay then you're gonna have to let me into the bathroom and so finally she let me into the bathroom and then and then I was gonna plunge the toilet and she's like okay you can plunge the toilet but you cannot look at the toilet while you do it and I was like I'm looking at the toilet I'm gonna fix this this plug toilet so we ended up doing it after some splishing and some splashing and a change of, a change of shoes. Um, flying. <laughs> we, uh, we, we accomplished the, the task and we made it to dinner um, a little bit late, but yes. And then we proceeded to tell everyone why we were late to dinner. So you can imagine how <laughs> that went very similar to right now. But, uh, I actually had to let Andrew into that messy situation. And when I let him in, I actually felt better. Um, he cleaned up the mess. And honestly, I like didn't feel like a ton of judgment or embarrassment because all of you have been there when you've clogged the toilet, right? We've all been there. But I really felt like he was with me in it, which is kind of funny. So why, why share a story about poop? In all seriousness, I actually think it's an example of how to let someone into your mess. Maybe it's a little bit literal in this case, um, but for us, as two people in a relationship, we, over time, had to learn to let each other into parts of our lives, not just poop. But the hard things, like family dynamics, or when I had cancer, or into our own securities and our doubts, which are really just messy things. 
And I think we all struggle sometimes to let people into our messes, whether it's with friends or in a romantic relationship or with a brother or sister or a parent or a step parent. I mean, really the list goes on and on. It's hard to let people into your family drama and your past and in your insecurities. And last week, um, Brooke talked uh, with us about our relationship with ourselves and our own message. And uh, she also shared something that was really interesting. I actually went back and listened to a part of her teaching today. But she shared that where she learns the most about herself is in relationship with others. So when it comes to relationships with others, it's important that we let others in. And that's kind of like what we're going to focus on tonight. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of aspects of relationships, um, but this just, we want to kind of highlight and focus in on this, this one piece. So there's um, a, a really cool piece of scripture that we want to uh, walk through. So if you guys have your Bibles or your phones, um, you can open up to second Corinthians, which is kind of all the way in the back of your Bible. Um, and we're going to be in chapter 12, second Corinthians chapter 12. And we're just going to read verses nine and 10. <clears throat> So Paul is writing this letter and, and he says, he's talking about something that Jesus said to him. Um, he says in verse nine, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness in insults in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Um, and that, that, uh, that was the NIV version. The, the ESV version actually uses the word, I am content with weakness. Um, so delight or content. Um, he said something about being glad or boasting about weakness. And how often do we like think of weakness as a positive thing or a good thing, right? It's something that we like would brag about. Um, but Paul in this chapter a little bit before that is explaining that he kind of actually has a lot of really positive things that he could share with people that maybe make him look good or positive experiences, things that he could be bragging about, like walking with Jesus or like having visions or having this wisdom come to him. Um, but he's kind of saying that he only wants to boast about his weakness and not those other things. And so why is that? Um, and it really comes down to what Jesus had said, like, or like um, that his power, Jesus's power is made perfect in weakness. Our culture, I think would have us believe totally the opposite, the flip of that, right? Um, that weakness is actually a defect or something wrong with us. But in God's eyes, it's actually where the greatest power lies. And Paul is choosing to lean into that. And he says he's content with weakness, with insults, with hardship. And we all have, like Sarah was saying earlier, we all have weaknesses and insecurities and messes that we carry with us. But we often try to hide them or put walls up to show that we're stronger than we actually are um, or that we have it all together. But behind that wall, we're all a mess mm -hmm. and we're all broken. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's kind of like what was said in that bumper video. Like we, we all have this in common. So for Paul to say that he's okay with weakness actually takes vulnerability and it takes letting your guard down. Um, and so for, in order for God's power to work out in our weaknesses, then we have to actually make our weaknesses seen or open or available for that, right? And let down our guard. And, um, and so that is vulnerability and kind of that's the word that we want to really talk about tonight yeah 
So what does this have to do with relationship with others? Well, how can we actually know each other when we're all walking around with our walls up? If we're designed to be in relationship with one another, how can we be if we don't let others in? When God created the world, he made Adam and Eve, and they were naked, and they were living happily in this beautiful garden, and then they were tempted and sinned, and then sin entered the world, and then they realized that they were naked. Their weakness became apparent to them, right? So they covered themselves with fig leaves, they hid themselves from each other and from everyone around them, and they were ashamed. We're all hiding behind our own fig leaves, right? We all have stuff that we're not proud of or afraid to share or we're afraid to confront. But I think Paul is reminding us that there's actually power in our weaknesses, that God uses it in bigger ways than we can even ever like imagine or know. So instead of hiding, instead of putting a wall up, we're challenged to be okay or content with our weaknesses, with our messes, with not having it all together. Because from the very beginning, like the very beginning, <laughs> we are created to be in relationship with others and we, are created, we were created with no walls up. But because of the fall, sin entered the world and we now have to work to get back to our almost our naked selves to where the walls aren't up anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like <clears throat> the question that I, comes to my mind or that I ask from this kind of thing is like, why be vulnerable? Or what does that actually like maybe play out or look like in my life? Um, and I, I, there's probably a lot of, a lot of answers to this question, but one thing that really sticks out to me is that I think actually vulnerability makes us stronger. Um, thinking back to this verse and this idea of weakness, I think a lot of people actually equate the word vulnerability with weakness. Um, but actually it isn't vulnerability. Vulnerability is actually like the act of tearing down the wall that we've built to hide our weakness. So it's actually exposing yourself to the possibility of getting hurt. I like to imagine myself almost like in Game of Thrones or something where I have all this armor on and I'm ready for battle. And then for whatever reason, I say, this is, it's going to be a good idea right now for me to take all of this armor off and just let myself be exposed to whatever happens. Um, now that's life or death situation. I don't know that we're dealing with that here, but kind of that image for yourself to think about, like, we're really just exposing ourselves to like the possibility of getting hurt. And that's a scary thing. But what if we truly believe what Paul is saying here? What if we truly believed that God's power was made perfect in weakness? We wouldn't need a wall anymore. We wouldn't need armor anymore to protect ourselves then. I actually think that our act of vulnerability um, is actually an act of faith that God will do something powerful in our mess. Our, our act of vulnerability is actually an act of faith that God will do something powerful in our mess. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And when we're vulnerable with other people, then we're no longer alone. We're not by ourselves anymore. And we kind of confront our own mess and have somebody that's going to help us maybe confront it with us. 
and we build trust with people and those things make us stronger. They strengthen our relationships with ourselves and with God and with each other. So vulnerability, <clears throat> vulnerability strengthens us. And then I think vulnerability also unites us. We connect with each other through stories. It's a big value that we have at basic and we talk about it all the time. Um, a lot of people have been sharing their stories on Instagram mm -hmm. the past few weeks, and that's mm -hmm. a vulnerable thing yeah. to open yourself up to, to your story and being mm -hmm. honest about some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. We connect e with each other through stories and, and we can only connect so far in conversations about the weather or even about COVID-19. Like you can't like, you can't actually get to a deeper level talking about surface things. Um, relationships aren't created from small talk. I think we're actually united in our brokenness too. Like we have the weather in common, but actually we have brokenness in common too. Mm -hmm. And we're not alone in that. I think also a lot of times we think we're the only people that have a mess. Like you think you have a mess, but look at every other face that is on this Zoom call right now. We all have messes. We all have stories and we're all broken. And so when we choose to let people into those messes, we actually allow them to help us out and we allow others to understand us. And maybe we allow ourselves to understand others or a different perspective. And I think we can actually connect more and unite more with people the way that God intended for us to. We're made for relationships to be united with others. And so when we're vulnerable and let others in, it connects us. So I think what I heard you say is that <laughs> vulnerability, vulnerability makes, that is a very hard word to say, vulnerability. Is it four clap? Vulnerability. That's like five. Anyway. So many syllables. So, yeah. so vulnerability makes us stronger and it unites us. So what does it look like to be vulnerable in relationship with others? So I think a lot of people think that it's, sharing your deepest, darkest secrets, opening your whole life up. And I think that can be true, but probably a small percentage of time, actually. Oftentimes, being vulnerable might look like asking a question, a simple question, asking how someone really is doing or really what they think about something. And I think sometimes we oftentimes beat around asking a question because we're afraid of what the answer might be. I think sometimes being vulnerable looks like showing up, showing up to an event or a basic or a church event. Um, maybe you're consumed with what people think about you. I think being vulnerable might be saying yes to something, a trip or to lead a chaos small group or high school or students <laughs> to hang out with someone new that you've never met before. or haven't spent a lot of time with. You don't know what you have in common saying yes to a job that will take you out of your community to a relationship that you feel like you're carrying baggage with and in being vulnerable could be asking for help. What if someone knew more about the anxiety or the depression or the eating disorder that you have, or might look like asking for encouragement or giving encouragement to others, or it could look like saying you're sorry, acknowledging that you are wrong and that, it was a weakness of yours and letting that wall down. And I think this stuff is kind of true of relationships with your friends, with your family, romantic relationships, coworkers. But this is also true of your relationship with God. How often do you try to hide from God? 
And I think it's true about the relationship that you have with yourself. Like Brooke said last week, we have a hard time confronting our own stuff. We really do. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I feel like I, um, I try to remind myself a lot and, and something that I kind of believe is that our relationships with other people are, it's kind of a gift in a way that God has given us relationships with others to almost practice what a relationship with him might look mm-hmm. like. And so just the, like being vulnerable with another person actually might be good practice for like letting God into our lives too and letting, mm-hmm. letting him work. So I just think that's a really cool point to yeah. bring that like this works in, in other kinds of relationships Absolutely. too. And the fact of it is, is that it's really hard. I mean, we've mentioned that a few times and it's, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to be vulnerable. Um, and it's hard because we're letting our guard down, right? We're exposing our weakness. So sometimes it actually like looks like choosing to do it, even if we don't want to. Um, and I think we need to recognize and be okay with the fact that we all struggle with this. It's not just you, you know? So, so in a relationship, like you might be struggling with vulnerability, but so is the other person, right? So like, maybe don't wait for somebody else to let their walls down. You might have to be the one who like invites the friend to hang out or picks up the phone and calls somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the saying is that like to have a friend, you have to be a friend, right? So it's kind of this two way thing. Um, but being, being a good friends or being in a close relationship with another person is also a process and, and it, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking with one of our good family friends. Um, who? What birthday did he just celebrate? His 73rd. 73rd birthday. And we just said, what are you thankful for? And the first thing that he said was his friends and his family. And then he said this, and I've heard this before, but it just was really cool for him to say this. He said, um, you can't make old friends. You can't make old friends. You don't become old friends with somebody in a day or a week. Like you're old friends with them because you've spent a significant amount Mm -hmm. of time and it's a process. Mm -hmm. So when we think about like what we want in a friendship or what we want in a relationship um, or where do we want to end up in that, um, we all want friends who like we can trust or who we can be ourselves around or who we can be honest with or who are honest with us um, or who accept us. But those things are a process. It's a process to build that relationship. So if we're not willing to embrace the mess and embrace the process, then it will never get built and we'll never get there. Um, Stephanie Gretzinger has this quote. Um, She's a worship leader, amazing songwriter. Um, But she says, what people will admire you for and trust you with has nothing to do with how together you are. It's how willing to fall apart you are. Man, I just love that idea of like, don't we all think we just have to have it all together and then people will accept us or trust us or we can then have the good relationship. Mm But um, actually, how willing are you to fall apart? Mm -hmm. People aren't looking for the person who has a fake wall in front of them. They're looking for the real stuff, right? Isn't that what you're looking for in friendships or relationships with other people? That's what people are looking for in you too. Um, So sometimes you have to be that person and kind of take that initiative and not wait for somebody else to do that. Also, it might not work out every time. <laughs> this is the reality of things is yep. that it's not always going to be easy and it's mm-hmm. not always going to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, you've probably, some of this yes. is probably not new to you. Like you've probably been vulnerable before with somebody at some point and been let down. Maybe somebody hasn't followed through um, or, or you trusted somebody and then realized that you shouldn't have trusted them. Um, and so that's hard too. And, and it makes us actually put that guard back up 
and sometimes we just sit in that for a while and we stay where we're at. Um, but there's this really great advice um, in Hebrews, actually. It's Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, if anybody's following along with that. Um, and the writer, the writer of this just has this like really great wisdom for us to follow um, and some encouragement. And, and it says in verse 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We might've been let down at some point, but the author of Hebrews is saying, we can't stop trying. We can't stop meeting together. When a relationship doesn't give us what we want or lets us down, we often leave or put the wall back up. And this is actually the exact point at which we actually have to keep going and not do that. Because relationships are so important and integral to our faith, to our relationship with God himself even. So it takes initiative sometimes, or it takes a choice that's hard sometimes, but for me to say, okay, you know what? I've been let down before, but I'm going to get back out there. So keep meeting, keep meeting with each other, keep encouraging each other, and don't give up doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to speak to the idea of like, that we're, we're not perfect. And we're not going to get it right all the time. And I love this idea of like, keep meeting, keep doing it. And I think earlier, Andrew and I were just talking about like how many relationships maybe that we've had in different seasons of our lives and like almost kind of starting over in relationships. And we just have to keep going and keep putting ourselves out there and keep digging deep with people and like keep meeting people where they're at and where we're at in our lives. And I just, I just want to kind of go back to that part um, in second Corinthians where Paul writes, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So in order for this to work, this relationships with others, we have to have grace for each other and for ourselves. God uh, first and foremost uh, taught us about grace by the way that he loved us. And we can continue to learn grace by giving and receiving it from those around us. And you're, you're not going to get it perfect every time. So have grace for yourself. And you might let someone into your mess and you might have been perfect at vulnerability. But remember, the other person has a mess too. And they might not get it perfect every time. So you have to have grace for them. And it just keeps saying, keep meeting together. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. So Jesus is working in big and powerful ways through, the, uh, through what we view as weakness and allows us to live vulnerability with others and in, to invite them into the type of community that we're all made for. Vulnerability is a gift. Vulnerability is a gift We get to do this life with people and God has given us a way to live in this broken world, not alone, but together through sharing in our weaknesses and our struggles. And God never promised life to be easy, but he promises it to be powerful. So maybe putting yourself out there or taking initiative or being vulnerable with someone isn't really easy, but it was never promised to be. 
but it's gonna be powerful. So we're not saying go post your whole life story to Facebook. That's, that's not connecting. But when someone asks you how you're really doing, tell them and then ask them in return. And if someone doesn't ask you, then ask them. Because I think Jesus will be doing big things and he will continue to do big things in our weaknesses. Let's pray. God, thank you. Um, thank you for people. Thank you for other people that we get to be in relationships with. Um, God, thanks for, thanks for letting us connect in, um, in all kinds of ways that maybe we don't even understand. Um, and thanks for the way that people can help us um, maybe even just get through the day. God, we, we acknowledge and know that we have a friend in you. Um, but man, you give us friends and other people too. And, and so help us to lean into that. Help us to lean into that and be honest with people. Be open and let them in. And try something even if it's hard. Because God, you're promising that there's power in things that maybe we view as weaknesses or flaws or insecurities. So God, we just pray that like you show us that. How are you working? How are you working in our relationships with other people? We thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who was the most vulnerable and the model for vulnerability by mm -hmm. dying on the cross. Mm -hmm. You are good and we trust you and we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.